Yeah, it's recording. There we go. Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today I have my buddy from New York, uh, Kevin. And today we are going to talk about this bad boy right here, the What About Now album. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fantastic because this is actually one of my, in my top five Bon Jovi albums, funny oh, enough. Wow. It's, it still holds up uh, to me because this was actually the first album I heard, you know, when I, being indoctrinated into the whole Bon Jovi fandom. So I remember yeah. counting down the days for it. I remember when, um, when this, uh, when um, back in March, I think of 2012, when John did that person to person interview, he was singing the song called What About Now? And I said to myself, I'm like, watch this be the title of the next album because they've done so many things in their amazing, I think it was like 27-year career at that time. So what about now seemed like a good title that was very tongue-in-cheek. And lo and behold, when John said, oh, the working title right now is what about now? I yeah. said to myself, I'm like, I did it. <laughs> but uh, this, I, I remember just being so excited for this album. And then when I finally heard Because We Can on January 7th, I remember it was at, I was in the cafeteria of my school and um, and I didn't have one I didn't have an iPhone so I had an iPod Touch and the only place I could get Wi-Fi was in the cafeteria so I had to wait like two hours because I think the song came out at 10 a.m. that day for whatever reason and I remember just having to wait two hours just to hear the 90 second preview on iTunes. Hmm. Yeah, which we'll, I'll, I'll talk about my experience, too, with that song and getting it that day. But uh, let's start off with the album itself. Um, yeah. Obviously, this was the 12th studio album, uh, and it was released on March 8th. This was the first and only album that they actually released after a promotional tour, like during a promotional tour. So mm -hmm. it was, it was kind of weird to because they only did one performance of these songs before the tour so it was the bbc radio show and uh, so that's how we knew like, and stuttgart too don't forget about the beautiful place known as stuttgart and uh and so it was kind of weird because i went to like seven or eight shows before the album even came out and so it was kind of interesting to hear how the album sounded in studio as opposed to live mm -hmm. um, why did they do that what's that why did they do that? I don't know. I, I will get to it, but I always thought, I, I felt like this album was rushed, you know, because it was recorded from January to August 2012. Mm. And uh, I, I don't know. But um, it was produced by John Shanks, obviously. This was his fourth, Have a Nice Day, Lost Highway Circle. Yeah, so fourth studio album with the band. And it hit number one everywhere. Um, what, I know one thing that I wanted to talk about is how incredible the artwork is. Mm -hmm. on this yeah, definitely. Album. You know, so back in 2013, you know, you know, we were talking before this. You know, you could point your iPhone at the uh, the artwork, and everything would come alive. The the soldier would go in motion. The band would come out. Uh, the gloves would um, interact, and uh, it was so cool. And the tour book did the same thing. Uh, when you got on the first leg, the tour book. Um, and I always wanted, you know, we were talking about this earlier. I always wanted it, it, what it would be like if they did that now instead of 2013, because 2013 technology and iPhone was still kind of mm -hmm. getting a grasp. But I think it would have been so much cooler and so much better now because there were a lot of bugs with it back oh, then. Oh, definitely. Too. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, you know, the, the artwork is, is pretty cool, I, I think. Um, I think it's my favorite artwork for an album, I would say. Yeah. And uh, rumor has it that this was actually, when John first started writing this album, that it was going to be a solo album. Really? And then it turned into a band album, yeah. Really? Because I didn't know that. I remember, well, I remember in 2011, there was a couple interviews where John said that he was potentially writing a solo album. And then um, this obviously turned into a band effort. So I always wondered if it was going to start out as a solo album because they were, I remember in the fan club, the backstage of John Bon Jovi, some other fans on, we were talking about that when there was news about this album coming. So just a little tidbit. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know that. Wow. 
Yeah. Um, and then obviously another uh, big uh, thing about this album too is that this is the last album with Richie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we won't get into the whole skeptical on Richie and all that, but uh, this album was actually finished after his solo album, Aftermath and the Lowdown, which was Richie's third solo album. And so uh, it's kind of interesting to listen to both albums because Richie was kind of simultaneously recorded both in 2011, 2012. Um, so that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's go into the tour. How many, how many shows did you do on that tour? Two. Um, I did both shows at MetLife, and I begged my dad to take me to Philly in November, but it didn't pan out. I was very disappointed. And I I haven't missed a month. Yeah, MetLife was good. Night one was amazing. Yeah. I think it's in my top five favorite Bon Jovi shows. Was that the night that it rained, or was it the second yeah, night? Yeah, that was the first night. Yeah, the second night I wasn't too crazy about. I, I thought both shows were... I, I was blown away by both. I, just, I love stadium shows, and that's actually... I've seen them in arenas since, but stadium shows are so much fun. I think this last time I saw them in a stadium was that, that tour. Stadiums get better set lists, typically. That's why I noticed. Um, Overseas get better set lists, too. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Overseas gets better set lists, too. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, the shows in Dublin that I went to on the This House tour were great. But I remember just uh, hearing um, Always for the first time at those MetLife shows. Um, it, it, those were a lot of fun. Um, I remember my. it was funny because my dad originally got tickets for Saturday night. And uh, then I begged my mom to take me to the Thursday one. I was like 16 or 17 at the time. And she took me and she was going to take me to the Thursday one. And we got the tickets. And then at the last minute, I was talking to my she asked me she didn't really want to go. And she's like, hey, you want to go with your dad instead? So she gave my dad and I the tickets and my dad, my dad and I ended up going. Oh, wow. We ended up doing both shows and we were originally in the uh, second level, but we snuck down and we were right next to the stage on the first level to the right nice so we had a good spot nice well too bad we didn't know each other back then you know that was Mm -hmm. kind of out there but uh always future uh so this tour hit u.s canada south africa europe south Mm -hmm. america and finished in australia it was a probably one of their shortest tours too because it started in february of 13 ended in december and like I said, we won't get into the whole Richie thing, but uh, I always wonder if that was because of Richie. Because I, I, I always wonder if there was plans to have a 2014 tour. Mm. But because of Richie, the tour got cut short. Um, I mean, it was 90-something shows. Yeah. But um, one thing I did like about this tour, though, was uh, the two song openers that they mainly did. Uh, That's What the Water Made Me and You Could Love a Bad Name. So with that's what the water made me. I I love that band uh, jam session at the end mm-hmm. live. It was so cool. You know? I know, I know. Yeah, it's my. I think it's and, the best opener they did. Actually, I love that's what the water made me as an opener. Yeah, and I wish I wish we could have seen that song past the what about the because we can tour. You know, I wish they would have done it on the this house tour and they did rehearse so it. Good. Did they? Yeah, and it was on. It was on a couple of set lists as an audible. To look into that, I didn't know that. Um, another good opener too that I liked on this tour was uh, "Bad Name." That they did. yes, they opened because that it, Coventry when I saw them on the This House tour. It was cool. Yeah, but because we can tour, it was so cool because like they didn't have like a curtain or anything. Mm-hmm. So like I remember I, I did a bunch of shows in the pit. And so, like, it would be pitch black, like, dark before they came on. Well, they'd be on the stage, but it'd be dark. But you could, like, see, like, the outline of John standing there. You know, because we're, everyone was so used to always John popping out after the band started playing. But when they did Bad Name, you know, uh, John would already be on the stage. And you'd hear um, the band in the back. And then everything would be pitch black. And you'd hear the band saying, shot through the heart and you're to blame. And then all of a sudden you'd hear John say, you give love a bad name. And then the lights would hit and they'd start playing. And uh, it was That's so sick. cool. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, they, they didn't do that on the MetLife. I forget which. They opened up with water on MetLife. Right? Yeah, for both shows, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then another interesting thing, too, on this tour was uh, in September, Tico, Tico first missed his first show uh, with the band because he had gallbladder surgery. And so I think he had a guy named Rich Scanella. Rich Scanella, yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I was wondering if I got that name wrong. Um, but he covered for Tico, I think, one or two shows. It was more, so. I think, it was like more like 10 or 11. I remember Tico, he, he did the, Tico was out the entire South American leg and then he missed a few U.S. shows. Yeah. Then I think it was in yeah. Fresno, he came back. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. But anyway, let's, uh, let's dig into the tracks. Because there's so many good songs mm-hmm. in there. Uh, so obviously the first one is Because We Can, which was the first single that was released on January 7th of 13. Yes. It was written John Ritchie and Billy Falcon. And I think this is a great uh, opener for the album. Oh, yeah. The only thing that I wish that they would have done is the drum intro. You know, the... Dun, mm. dun, dun, dun. I love that. Yeah, I, I, I like it as a, as a band vocal intro, but I thought the drum was much cooler. You know, like, like they did on tour. You know, um, no, you don't like it. It's indifferent for me because we can is one of my. Fa- it's I would say in my top five favorite Bon Jovi songs. It might be actually number one or number two because I I just love this song so much. Like it's still one one of my most played songs in my music playlist. Um, my most it's like I it still holds up seven or eight years later it's it's an amazing song yeah and I relate I'm, to it a lot and I'm glad that they continue playing it too because they did a bunch of they did a lot during the this house tour too mm. and you know you're talking about your experience when you downloaded it you, you mentioned 10 o'clock but I remember buying it because I worked at, I was in college at the time and so I was mm. you know, working at a funeral home and I was out shoveling the snow and I remember I bought it at like 7 a.m. And actually, no, I think I got it at midnight. I, oh, wow. Either way, regardless, but I remember playing it over and over for a straight hour because I loved it so much. You know, it was so good. And then um, I was just so hopeful with the, the rest of the album, which we'll talk about more tracks. Another thing that I really like about this song, too, is Richie's guitar solo that mm. he does. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's a very simple guitar solo. It really but is. But it's so good. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that shines too is I like uh, the lyrics and the vocals that John does uh, during the bridge, you know, before oh, yeah. before and after the guitar solo. Uh, I, th- I thought those were good too. And uh, we were talking about this live too. And uh, I, it's always one of those fun songs that really pump you up live, you know, like when people are clapping in the, in the air and stuff. It's, it's just a fun song live. Yeah, I'd prefer um, that song over a whole lot of leaving and lost highway. Honestly, I really would. Yeah, I, I, I like those songs. Well, you know how I feel about a whole lot. Of <laughs> uh, I, I'd probably prefer it over Lost Highway. I like Lost Highway, but I'd probably prefer this one. Um, what did you think of the music videos? Oh, I loved them. I loved yeah. them. See, I remember they released the the original music video, and then like a month later, they started to release. How many? I think there was like four, but they all, it all told a story, mm. you know, about this soldier. Uh, I remember a stripper being involved too. Yeah, the stripper. She There's always hot. a stripper. There's always a stripper involved. There's one thing I've learned about life. Yeah. Um, you know, it, let's get to the meaning of the uh, the song too. You know, I think it has a lot to do with optimism. You know, mm. becoming this whole album in a itself is as well it's you know that optimism through the dark um becoming a leader it's, it's kind of similar to we weren't born to follow in in a way you know becoming a leader and making a change because we can you know why should you do something because you can you know so it's mm-hmm. simple yet means a lot oh you know? it's it's a great song like we can talk about this song for days it's it, it's i think it has the same power as it's my life like it's it's just one of those songs that will always get you in the mood and it's funny because uh, it, it has a very i, w- I would want to say like 
sing alongable chorus, if that makes sense. Like I remember, I was at the uh, at MetLife, no, at the Prudential Center back in 2018 for night two. And Chris Christie, the governor from New Jersey, rather he was the governor, was there. And he was like singing along to that song. I'm just like, yeah, like doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. It's still a great song. Yeah, you know, it's like those lyrics before the guitar solo in the bridge, you know, our love can move a mountain. We can because we can, you know, I love that, you know, just mm -hmm. coming together, making a change because we can. Uh, let's get into the next track. Uh, I'm with you. This one had to grow on me when it when it, I first heard the album. Uh, but <clears throat> I love it now. It was written by John and John Shanks. Richie, I don't think Richie wrote this one. It was mm -hmm. just John and John. Um, it was only played live a few times too. I remember it was played on the BBC show, and I don't think I did about. 12 shows on the because we can tour and i don't think i ever saw it live at any of my shows uh, but i know that it was done a few times yeah they uh they played it prim no they played it primarily in europe and it's a shame because it's a great song like anytime i pick up the guitar like maybe once twice a week like i'll just fucking fiddle with the riff it's like it's just such a catchy riff i love it oh, I, love I love that intro play, play it one more time It's so good. I love it. It's a great song. And, and, you know, the whole to me, the whole meaning of the song is it, it, it's a person who's so tired of the usual and being beaten down. Nothing's changing for the better. And then it's just like all of us are feeling that way and we come together. I'm with you and we're going to make it through together. And we're going to make the change, you know, like, you know, like when hope, when all hope is gone, we'll make it through, you know, I love that. It's it's a brilliant song when it comes to that because it's um it's very relatable to 2020 and 2021 because you know over the last few months and years we went through so much stuff as a nation and as a world and it doesn't matter where you live it doesn't matter where you're from like we're in this together that's the way I interpret this song. Whether you're a Democrat Republican role yeah. experience. The same hardships together, you know, I know how you feel, you know how I feel kind of thing. You know, we're all beaten down and, you know, when there's no hope, we can find hope together and, you know, we're in this together, basically. Yeah. You know, and the, my favorite lyric of this song is, if I got one thing, I got something to prove. We all got nothing if there's nothing to lose, you know? Yeah, so... It, to me, it kind of ties back to we got each other, and that's a lot for love. You know, you know, back to prayer. You know. Yeah, it's it's just um it's just a very honest song. That's the way I see it. And John is very good at writing these type of songs and encompassing the way people feel. Yep, exactly. Uh, do you have any favorite lyrics from this song? Uh, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I like the first verse. It's like. Look at this world, it's filled with worn out faces. I, I, I just, I, yeah. forgotten places where nothing is changing. Um, I, I love it. It's just such a brilliant, uh, it's just a brilliant for, first verse. I love it. It, it is, yeah. Uh, let's go into What About Now, uh, which is actually the second. And technically, if you omit, not run it anymore, which we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but it was the second single released on, I think, February 11th of 2013 I, either the 10th or the 11th oh. uh it was written by uh john and john shanks um obviously it was played live every show to be honest with you as a single and an album i wish the album was called because we can and i wish they would have chose that's what the water made me as a second single i like this song but it's not one of my favorites as a single goes you know it's not a bad I agree. song i agree i um, I, I think it misses that that grab yeah um and it, i liked it when it first came out the music video was very cool for it yes i but, love the music. it was the what they like behind the scenes yeah. on tour 
stuff like that. And I remember after the whole Richie thing, because Richie was gone when this video was released, because they released the song in February, but the video didn't come out, I think, until like April. And it was after Richie was gone. And I remember like they only showed Richie for like two clips and like everybody like flipped out about it and stuff. You remember that? No, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, it was crazy. Can't say that I do. But they still flip out over Richie in the fandom, so what's changed? Um, yeah, we won't get to that. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, uh, go ahead. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, you were saying it's like this song doesn't really hold up as much anymore. Like if it comes on, yeah. I won't skip it, but it's not my go-to song from this album. Yeah, you know, there were so many good tracks on this you know like uh pictures of you that's what mm -hmm. the water made you know i thought that would have been really good singles uh but it is what it is you know it's still a good song what i really like about this song though is the the meaning behind it at least how i feel about it you know i think it's about making that initial move because we have to you know there's no better time than now to make you know, to make a change you know it kind of ties into the whole because we can i'm with you meanings you know making that change um, you know, and what I what I like that he, how he writes in this song too. You know, if you want to start a fire, it takes a spark. Getting behind the wheel, you're gonna to have to drive that car. You want to take a bite, you better have the teeth. You know, so he kind of, you know, if if you want to make a change, if you want to do something, if you want it, you have to do what it takes to do it. You know, makes sense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, hold on one second. I'm sorry. Something from work. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, um, so, um, my favorite lyric is from this one is, if you want to raise your voice, don't be scared to breathe. Don't be afraid to hurt. Don't be ashamed in need. I love that. That's, that's cool. Especially that last line, don't be ashamed in need. You know, I love that. I thought it was don't be ashamed to need. It's in need. Really? I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not yeah. know that. That's the that's the one thing that they don't have lyrics in the the album or the vinyl, but it's in. I mean, either way, it means the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's in or two. It's pretty much the same thing. Um, so, anything you want to say about this track before we go to the pictures uh, of you? No, not really. Let's just go to the next one. <laughs> All right. Uh, so next one is pictures of you, which is written by John Ritchie and Shanks. And uh, it's actually one of my favorites on this album. Yes, I, I concur. And shamefully, I don't think it was ever played live. And I, I think it would have been, I think it, it would have been great live. Um, it's more, and it's nice because it kind of breaks away from the first three tracks, you know, because like, like all three tracks have like pretty much the same meaning and, you know, making a change and it's very socially conscious. Pictures of You, I think is more of, uh, I think he was writing about, Dor you know, I think John was writing more about Dorothea and his kids, and it's more of a romantic or a relationship type song. And it's all about, I think, looking at back at memories, pictures, and creating more memories. You know, like you have this canvas and you're painting your life on it, you know, making memories and, and stuff like that. For me, it's um, it's actually about I'm still writing about you. Like I'm still um, I'm still painting pictures yeah. of you. It's like I'm still writing about you. I'm still with you. Yeah, and like, exactly. That I, like I wish I could write a song like that. It's just such a brilliant song. It, it really sure is. is. It's um, you know, the intro, um, John's guitar in the background. When um, let me try to remember this because it's been a while since I played it. But it's like it's like palm muting the entire the entire time. He's like palming it, and it's just like very subtle in the yeah. background. Yeah, yeah, I, I like it. My my favorite line from this song is every line from my hand takes me back to what I can't erase. So in that line, I always think about like mistakes that you've made in, in your relationship in the past, but you've learned from it, you've overcome it, and it's, you're better because of it. Yeah, for, for me, it's no matter what I try, no matter what I do, I'm still painting pictures of you. Like, you can't help it no matter what. Yeah, exactly. It's just like I, you I said, love it. it's, it's such a brilliant song, especially songwriting-wise. Um, so, and I like I said, you know, it was never played live, I don't think. And I wish it was, because I think it would have done so well live. Oh, definitely. Know? Definitely. Um, 
next one, next track, and is Amen. It was written by John and Billy Falcon. And this what is a huge fan favorite. I remember when this song, you know, when the album well, when they did it on tour and then the album, I remember on the fan were you a member of the fan club? No, I, I recently became a member of it. Okay. So back then, you know, we had forums and we could talk about the tracks and our songs or whatever. I remember Amen was just a huge fan favorite. Um, this one grew on me. You know, I wish I had enjoyed it more during the What About Now tour as much as I enjoyed it during this house tour. Mm-hmm. But um, my favorite thing about this song is John's vocals, especially at the end, like when he's you know screaming Amen and he's holding those notes. I mean, it, it sounds so fucking good, you know? I know, I know. For me, it's it's the intro. I just love it. Um, I'm not too crazy about this song anymore because it was overplayed yeah. on the This House Is Not For Sale tour and it killed it. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, just this, just this riff, it's just amazing. It's like... It's just such a brilliant riff. I love it. I dream that dream I it's had. Not, yeah, I love it. You know, it, 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 it's such a romantic, you know, like I said, the first two tracks of this album are very socially conscious, but then you get into pictures of you and Amen, and it's just mm-hmm. two romantic songs, you know. And Amen, I think, is one of probably the most intimate songs that he has written, I, I think, you know. I think it's, it's very open, yeah. you know. Yeah, for, for um, me, um, like, it's like the most romantic song about getting laid, like, ever. It really is. Yeah. Um, the lyric I like is, unfolding like a mystery inside of her life. <laughs> A thousand horses running through my veins. Mercy, mercy, what else can I say? I know. So, yeah. This is the most romantic way to, to say, like, I want to have sex with you. Like, that's literally, it's amazing. Yeah. What a poet. But, you know, it's a very, it, it's, it's very, int- I think that's what makes the song so intimate, though. You know? Uh, yeah. Let's get to the next track. That's what the water made. Oh, I love this song. I love it. It is so amazing. It's like, yeah. just like the intro. It's like, just like this is amazing, right? Yeah. Just like this, it, it's just amazing, and I, the lyrics are so relatable. And as someone who lives by the beach, you know, grew up on the water, if you will, that's what the water made me like. I, this is who I yeah. am. Like, can't change this. Like, there are some people um, that you know you may not get along with, and that's fine. But you shouldn't change for anybody. Exactly. That's what the song means for me. It's like that's you be who you are, and it's like classic Bon Jovi. This is. Just the live version of this song is incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, it was written by John and Billy Falcon. Uh, and we, we talked about how this was so great live. And I think Tico really shines on this song with drums. I think this is like one of those songs on this album that where Tico is spotlighted with the drum. I just love it. You know, especially that uh, build up after the guitar solo when, uh, you know, we're, we're leading into the final chorus. You know, it's just starting to pick up, and then you hear like John goes, "Here it goes, here," and then you just see her Tico going at it. I love it. Um, uh, I agree. Yeah, you know, and like you're talking about, you're meeting too, and it, like for me as well is knowing where you came from. You know, it, it, it's kind of like the joke. You know, drinking the Kool Aid or you know drinking the water. And that's what the water makes you. You know, mm-hmm. and I also I also think it has the second meaning too. I also think it's about looking at all the bluntness, you know, or being blunt and looking at all the negativity in the world, mm-hmm. you know, like, like this is how it is. And, you know, that makes sense. Interesting. I never yeah, really thought of that. Well, it's that. I never really thought of it that way, but that's the beauty of music. It's very, um, John that's can write a song and it could mean something to him. And then mm-hmm. I'll hear it. And then you'll hear it. And me and you can have completely yeah. different meanings to it. And that's amazing. And my favorite lyric of this song, I, I think this is actually my favorite lyric of the whole album. Uh, love is like fingerprints, they don't wash away. I left mine all over you, I'll take the blame. I love those lyrics, you know? Yeah, 
that's I, I like the I left mine all over you. I like that. I like that line a lot. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, my favorite is, uh, that's what the water made me. That's who I am and what I'll be. There ain't no doubt about it. Makes you or brings you to your knees. Um, yeah. And then there's also another line. The first line is like, baby, baby, baby. There's no use in trying to save me. Yeah. It's, um, there's no angels in heaven. Oh yeah. Yell. Now, now I see, now I see your point. Now I see your point. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And that's what I'm talking about. The bluntness and the negativity. What's that line there? There's no angels in heaven, angels in hell, or something like that. Yeah. And that's what I'm Devils talking about. Devils in heaven, there's angels in hell. Yeah, exactly. There it is. Yeah. And uh, and so that's what I'm talking about, like the negativity in the world and being blunt. with This is how the world is. Um, so let's get into the next track. Yes. Uh, next track, Left of Me, uh, written by John Ritchie and Billy Falcon. This is actually... And I know it's not a fan favorite, and I, I don't know why, but it's actually my second favorite track. On really? This album. I love it. it. It's probably the only storyteller song. Maybe not right anymore, but what's left to me is such a great storyteller song because John kind of writes it in the third person because he talks about so many people who, who are in different walks of life, who are experiencing the same hardships. You know, the story of the newspaper writer, the, a soldier, the band, teacher, farmer, etc. You know, we're all, no matter what walk of life you're in, we're all experiencing this hardship together. We're all in the, the world, you know? Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. No, 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 finish, finish your point, sorry. You know, it, it's it's all about having everything taken away and not having much left, but you still have so much to give, you know, like in the line, you know, I'm still breathing and my heart still beats, you know, and I'm still a human, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, there's still something to give basically, you know? Yeah. Yeah, man. This song, this song reminds me a lot of like Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. So like, it's the way that he does his storytelling. It's a good song, but it's not one of my favorites. That, that's the way see, I see it. It's it was it was never popular in the fandom. I, I remember it was played at the BBC show, mm-hmm. uh, January February two thousand thirteen, and I remember it wasn't perceived well. I was I I fell in love with it, and then it never made it to the tour, unfortunately. But uh, I don't know. I enjoy it. I just I I love it. Um, my favorite lyric of this song is in the name of the flag some gave their lives i'm still living yeah semper fi and he's obviously talking about a soldier you know coming mm-hmm. home and stuff and uh it, it really it, it's very touching because you got to think about it soldiers are always forgotten about after they serve you know they come back and they're financially stricken and you know they're, they're suffering PTSD and stuff and uh they're forgotten about too, you know. So I, I like that that line was there in that song, you know. Yeah, definitely. So. It's it's not a bad song, but in my opinion, it doesn't. Um, it, it it just doesn't do anything for me. That's the thing. I appreciate what he's trying to do, but it, like yeah. I said, it just doesn't do anything for me. It's okay. Um, I would say it falls under like my like. It doesn't fall in my top five. Like I can looking at this, I can tell you my top five. I mean, we covered three of them already because we can pictures of you. That's what the water made me. Yeah, so we covered <laughs> we covered three of them. I, I just think uh, you know, side C of the album is like the weakest side, in just my opinion. That's okay. Uh, next one is Army of One, uh, yeah. written by John Ritchie and Desmond Child. This was pl- I think this was overplayed on on that tour it's it's an okay song i do not like it it kind of reminds me of being in kindergarten (laughs) it's a good song but it just i don't like it i i don't know i don't you know the the whole me i think behind this song is you know being a leader even if you're an army of one but it forms unity because of I'm an army of one, you're an army of one, we become an army, and we're experiencing this turmoil together, you know, and we can make it through together. So it's kind of like because we can, you know, we can come together and 
you know, mm-hmm. so makes sense. I think so, the drums at the end kind of saved the song. Yes, I love that. that. That is good. And the guitar, I think the guitar is really good too on this song. I think Richie really shines. I, I, and I always thought like musically with the guitar and the lyrics, the meaning, I think it kind of goes back to Because We Can. I think they're both similar. You know, um, my favorite lyrics is, so don't apologize, defend, just be alive. We're all trying to get it right tonight. You know, so basically we're all in this together and it's okay to make mistakes. You know, we learn from our mistakes, you know, and I think mm-hmm. that's, that, that ties into the whole socially conscious thing as, as history, you know, we make, you know, there's been so many mistakes made in history, but we can move forward in a positive way. You know? Yeah, definitely. Like I like the never give up part. I love the chorus, the lyrics from the chorus, never give up, never, ever, never, never give up, never, ever, ever, never give in. Never You're an ever. army of, yeah. Yeah. You're an army of one. Never. Yeah, I'm like, I haven't listened to this song in so long. Um, it, it, it's definitely a good song, and I, I, yeah. I, I enjoyed it live. Um, it's just it's not one of those songs that I always go to. Yeah, it's not bad. Mm. But let's go to the next one, because I really love the next one. Thick really? Sleep. And that's another romantic song. Uh, it was written by John Ritchie and Shanks. Uh, it was played live a few times. Never any of the shows I did, unfortunately. I, I, every show that I went to, I was always crossing my fingers. Like, Please play Thick as Thieves because I love it. You know, I, I like sucks. it. Very much. What's that? That sucks. You never got to hear it live. I know. And uh, I, I love how you know how it starts. You know, it's kind of slow and intimate, and then it picks up before that guitar solo. You know, and then the Tico's banging on the drums, and the guitar gets heavier, and then you just get into that guitar solo. Um, and obviously it's, it's more of a romantic song. Uh, it's going through everything together, taking the world by storm. And so I, I think he was really writing and thinking about Dorothea in this song, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and there, there's two lyrics in the song that I want to talk about because they're so good. Uh, the first one is in a world without faith, you're what I believe when they're stacking up the deck, you're the card up my sleeve. I love that line. I love the way he sings it. The the lyric itself, it's it's so good. And uh, my second fa- and and this is a popular lyric from the fan. I remember when this album came out, a lot of people loved this one. If I robbed a bank, you wouldn't care. You'd come sit on my lap in the electric chair. When they flip the switch, we would just kiss, you know. So you know, yeah. that line about going through the bad with someone, you know, and and you would do anything with that person, even if it's the worst you know you're going to go through the worst with that person and i just i love that line i love both those lines you know what, what do yeah. you think of this song it's okay um like i said doesn't really do anything for me um but i like i i, I was amused by the second the, the bridge it's like if i robbed the bank part i was just like oh that's cool yeah it's unique uh that part kind of stands out yeah uh, next one is Beautiful World. And this is probably my third favorite. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Never Played Live was written by John and Billy Falcon. I don't think Richie wrote on this one. Um, I wish it was played live because I think it would have been, been a fun one live. Um, you, know, it's, you know, Beautiful World, I think it's all about looking at the brighter side of things, even though there's so much negativity. You know, in that first verse, you know, the world ending, I'll believe it and worry about it when I see it. So you don't want to focus on, so you're looking at the brighter side of, of it. You're like, okay, they're saying the world's ending, I'll believe it when I see it, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, and then the, you know, having the same routine every day, you know, when he says, if you're lucky, then you do it again, you know? So that's, that's the optimism in that, you know, you're living in the same routine every day, especially like with this pandemic right now. You know, we're all living the same routine. You're going, you know, go to sleep. And if you're lucky to go to work, then you get up and you get to do it again tomorrow. You know, so he's looking at the optimism in this song. And uh, my favorite line, which ties into the whole optimism thing, too, is when I look into your eyes, I'm just happy I can. You know? Yeah, definitely. It's almost like be lucky for what you be, be lucky and be grateful for what you have. That's a better that's a better way to put it. You're right. You know, be lucky and be thankful and appreciative of what you have. You know, like like the chorus, you know, look at it, just sticks and bricks, makes you wonder how the pieces fit. But you're glad that it does. You know, you don't know how 
this world comes together, but you're lucky that you're in it. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm not a fan of the bridge, but other than that, it's an amazing song. Yeah, I always wondered. The bridge is okay. I was, I always wondered the like, the, the pretzel man's wearing Gucci glasses. <laughs> the lover spreads her widow's or widow spreads her lover's ashes. You know, I always wondered about the Gucci, the pretzel man wearing Gucci glasses. You know, yeah, that's but too much. In there, uh, um, let's talk to. Them. About the next one because the next one is probably my top five yes 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 i fucking love that R- song written by john and uh shanks um and this was never played live i don't think unfortunately i think i think that he should have simultaneously changed amen to room room at the end of the world on the because we can't because i think it would have done well live i think it would have been a a fan favorite live um uh, so, you know, my thing is, it's like, it's kind of like a black hole theory, you know, no matter where we go or do, there's a room at the end of the world. So, um, trying to think of the, the best way to describe it without mm. sounding. For me, it's kind of like, um, how do you say this? Like there, there's always a place where you can go. There's always someone you can turn to. Yeah. When, and that's, I think when that's shit, it's the fan. Yeah. Like, like, like home. You know, like with your loved ones, you know, you have a bad day. At the end of the day, you, you go home with your family and your home, you know, or, you know, I was thinking about the end of life, you know, heaven per se, mm-hmm. you know, room at the end of the world, you know, like after you do what you do in your life, you go to this room after you die, you know, that could be heaven or, or whatever you, you believe that it is, you know. So, in a way, I think it's kind of a spiritual song. That's, that's the, you know, it probably isn't, but that's the way I always perceived it. Yeah, um, that song gives me the shivers, man. It really does. Yeah. I love that song. You know, my, my favorite lyrics on this is, Where all the prayers go to be heard and the truth will have its turn. Take a look into these eyes. There's no place I'd rather be tonight. Uh, I'm trying to think of my favorite lyric. Um... Mm-hmm. It's me and you in a room at the end of the world. I, I love that. It's just like, oh, now, yeah. I, now I see what you're saying about the whole heaven thing. I never really thought of it that way. That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you know, it's probably not, I, probably John didn't write about it like that. But like you said, you know, music, you know, once John mm-hmm. gives it away, you know, we depict it in our own way. And that's how I always thought about it, you know, but... Uh, let's go to the next track, which this is the end of the standard album, which we'll get into the deluxe because we have time. The Fighter, mm-hmm. which is written by John. Uh, it was it was played live quite a bit, especially during Runaway Traps, especially back then. Um, I always thought it was similar to Not Running Anymore, in mm-hmm. a way. You know, just pretty much just John and a guitar. Um, but it's a classic acoustic JBJ song. Oh, it's so good. I love it. It's the intro, dude. It's, it, oh, my God. It's, it's one of my favorite songs to play on the guitar. It's like... Yeah. It, it's such a great song, man. It's... Yeah, it, yeah. I relate to it a lot because, you know, growing up, in, uh, I was in high school when this came out. And I was just the weird dude that played guitar. <laughs> you know, I really didn't have that many friends. And, uh, you know, didn't really, wasn't really able to get the girls and stuff. And this song really kind of spoke to me a lot. It's just like, um, it's like, yeah, this is who I am. I'm just a person with a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just such Go- a brilliant song. To me, the whole, I think I think when John was writing this, I think he was writing about looking back at his legacy and looking at who he is now and, and realizing there's no need to hide who you are and it's okay to have flaws in a way. You know, it's okay to be human, uh, you know, make mistakes. And, you know, I say, I think he was, you know, like, it's like the lyric, I'm the book that ain't finished, this, that sink full of dishes, the horse that ain't, Winning the priest that's still sinning, the, the spark. spark. I think I got the right. 
I love this song, man. Yeah, so it's it's such a good song. I think I've seen that a runaway trip. I don't think I've ever seen it on the tour though. But uh, yeah, he played it in Philly in 2017. I was shocked before wanted. He just played the fighter. Yeah, and I just remember going ape shit over that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's go into the deluxe edition of the album. Because we we got quite a few bonus tracks on this, which was which was great. Uh, the first one is with these two hands, uh, which was written by John and Billy Falcon. Um, I love that beginning guitar. You know the da 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 da. Can you play it? You know, no, I play don't. That? Uh, I'm trying to figure it out. That's all right. But you but you know what I'm saying? The da 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 da. I yeah. love that. Uh-huh. that that's crazy I, about that. And, well, see, I love the song so much because John just sounds so confident in the song. You know, I could, you know, as a, I could raise a glass, I could, whatever. Oh, I could roam and get some good reasons. I could break the ice and pick up the broken pieces. I could wave hello. I could raise a glass. I could blow a kiss. I could kick your ass. We could take this yeah. way too far or yeah, something. So I forget, exactly. I forget, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So what I was trying to get at, though, was that the song is about so full of confidence is that I can do so much with these two hands. I can make a change. We can make a change together. And mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, just, it's so in-your-face confident. You know, I can do whatever I want with these two hands, you know? And uh, that, that's pretty much what the whole song is about. But... Um, you know, the one line, uh, oh, how's it go? We could take it all apart or hold it all together. So it, it's kind of, it takes you into the question as well. What are you going to do with these two hands? Are we going to take all take it all apart or hold it all together? Uh, or in the second verse, there is that we can make this hurt or we can make it better. So it, it, it's the question of how are you going to make a change with, with your hands, with your voice and all that makes sense yeah yeah definitely it's a good it, it, it's, it has a good meaning to it but it doesn't really yeah. um doesn't really speak to me that's the thing uh, yeah see i love it i think it ties back into because we can what about now you know I, the whole meaning you know because we can type thing uh my favorite lyrics are um wipe the teardrops from your eyes reach up until we touch the sky free to dream and make it true no there ain't nothing we can't do i love that line yeah dude uh for me it's i could kick your ass uh, i remember just like uh i, yeah, I love that sure. i loved it i thought it was hilarious yeah um the next one is into the echo which i love i wish this one was actually put on the standard album because it's, mm-hmm. it's it's good uh, written by john and billy falcon unfortunately it was never played live either uh, you know, I think the whole song is about it's it's about despair, you know, where we feel whatever we do isn't enough. You know, I feel like like into the echo means just like this black hole per se. No matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, we're still in this black hole and it doesn't do any good what we do or say. You know, you don't feel like you're enough. Um so but it it's a good song. You know, it, it gives me that, you know, like when I'm having my bad days or I feel like I'm not enough or not saying I'm, dep- I'm not depressed, but uh, I just feel yeah, those moments. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, my favorite lyric, are, uh, are you who you are? What's under that mask? Do you burn for the future or yearn for the past? Did somebody send you some broke fairy tale? Now you wait by the water for the ship that has sailed. And then it goes into the chorus. I love that. that part. I haven't listened to that song in so long, man. I, man, uh, it's my, f- it's not my favorite out of the bonus tracks. For me, it's not running anymore, but it's my second favorite from the bonus tracks. Yeah. Um, I Look, the thing with this song, man, it's like, it seems like we throw it into the echo just for everyone to hear it because we want we want attention. We want to be validated, if that makes sense. That's what the song means to me. That's another good way to um, look at it. See, I always thought of it like... Um, no matter how hard we try, no matter what we do, is it's kind of like a black hole into the echo, you know, f- fading away, you know. Mm-hmm. But that's beauty about music, though. You can it's, perceive yeah, it a different way. It's not a bad song. It, it's 
Yeah. It's relatable. It's very relatable. Yeah. And that's the beauty uh, of Bon Jovi. It's so relatable. Exactly. Uh, next one is not running anymore, which is, I love this one. It's oh, kind of like to the fighter. John wrote it by himself. Um, it's just a classic acoustic song. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, this song is all, it is very reflective. From this um, movie? Stand Up Guys. Yes, I was going to get into that, which is a good movie. Oh, yeah. Who else is it? Christopher uh, Walker. Uh, Christopher Walken, not Walker. Uh, Alan, Walk. Alan Arkin. Alan Arkin. Arkin um, yeah. Anyway. Um, Let's give it a rewatch. The, you know, the whole song is just, it's very reflective. And it's, you know, not, basically not running anywhere. Nothing, that, there's nothing to hide from. Take me as I am. You know, and I think the music video also reflects that as well. You know, I love the video, you know, cause you just see him walking around and he's looking at homeless people or I like to say that they were prostitutes, you know, that bumped into him and stuff. And he just kind of nods. And uh, I don't know. I, I thought that and I always wondered who the guy in that video, you know, how the, this random old guy shows up here and there and then at the end he gives John a suit in the music video. Mm. You remember that? Yeah, I relate I would, to that video because I hate wearing suits. I hate dressing up. I hate it so much. Just give me yeah. jeans, a t-shirt, and a hoodie, and I'm a good man. Yeah, um, but it's it's a it's a good song, and it was actually nominated for a Golden Globe. And I was so mad when it didn't win. I forget what it, what won in that category. I think Adele I, won. Adele won. I remember I watched it that night, and when the. Uh, Adele, whoever won, I was like, "You got to be kidding!" Because I thought it was, I thought it was gonna win. I really did. Compared yeah. Because what happened was she wrote, um, she wrote the song for Skyfall, which is one of the best James Bond movies. Oh, that's probably why. It, why? It yeah. Won. I forget the category that it was in to win, but I know that it was nominated, but unfortunately it didn't win. Um, my favorite lyrics on this song is there are roses I have loved who've given in or have given up. I pushed your patience and my luck. It wasn't love. I didn't trust. It wasn't you or me or us. I love that line. You know, like, cause like he just, you know, like the whole song itself is very acoustic, intimate. And it's just like, you know, easy mm-hmm. going. All of a sudden when he gets into that line, you know, you, you start to feel the anger, the frustration and the, you know, and that's what gives it the song to me. You know, that's what makes it such a good song. You know, because it's it's kind of like reflective, but then it also gets into anger. You know, definitely, definitely. I mean, dude, this this song for me, it's. Um, I remember just hearing this when he played it for the first time on a runaway trip on YouTube back in August of 2012, and I just thought it was brilliant. It was such a good song. Yeah. And, um, huh? Yeah, you know, that takes me back to the whole acoustic or the whole solo thing because now that you brought that up, that's what kind of sparked because he played this is one of the very first songs that I think was written for uh, the album, but it was in that movie Stand Up Guys. And I forget when that movie, I think the movie was released before the album even came out. But I think that's why there was a lot of skeptical about, um, John doing a solo album because he did this and I think the fighter was also played at um, a runaway trip. Yeah, and old habits too. Old dude, habits, this... yeah. Go ahead. It's it's a good song, man. the the pro, The thing that I love about this song for me is um, I'm trying to think of the lyric. I'm I'm just I haven't listened to it in so long. Um. Uh... Hold on, give me a minute. I'm thinking. I'm having a brain fart. Um, I, I like the chorus for me. It's like, I'm not running anymore. Like, it's just, you know, like, this is who I am. This mm-hmm. is this is what I've done. You know, let me answer for it. But I, I'm done running away at this point. That's kind yep. of what I relate Take, to. For it. Yep, exactly. Yep. Let's go to the final uh, track, which... This song was not on the American Deluxe, I don't think. I think it was on the European Deluxe. Old Habits Die Hard. Uh, it was written just by John. This is actually uh, also on the Stand Up Guys soundtrack. Yes, yes. 
the the first sorry go ahead no you finish finish. i Uh, i love the acoustic song and john's vocals you know i I love how it just it's another it's kind of like the fighter and not run anymore it has a little more umph to it and i just i love it it's it's so good it's like uh um You look like shit, so do you, my brother. I miss you too, yeah, yeah, you dumb, stupid mother. Like, I heard that. I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, it, it kind of makes you wonder what the true meaning of this song is. But, you know, to me, it's just like looking back and learning from mistakes and going through the thick and thin with someone, you know, despite their mistakes. Uh, mm-hmm. my, my lyric, my favorite one is... Uh, if you could dream anything, what would it be? If you could be that, would you share it with me? We carry our choices. We have our regrets. We know there's a price, but we both pay our debts. I think I got that right. Yeah. I, lo- I love it. You know, and it, it's true. You know, it, it's a good question. You know, if you could dream anything, what would it be? If you could be that, would you share it with me? If you could achieve of what you want to be, could you share it with me? You know? Yeah, and from, sorry, what were we saying? No, that, I thought you were that, done. I thought you were done. I thought you were done. No, I'm done, uh, buddy. Uh, for me, it's uh, appearances change, but don't change who we are. Yeah, that's yeah, I like that too. Yeah, you know, it, it's a shame that that song kind of never really got. Besides Runaway Trips, it never got much spotlight anywhere. You know, and it, it, it's definitely a. a die-hard fan favorite because you know i i talk with other big fans and they love this song out of all the other songs on this album really and, mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh, wow. yeah it's a good song um but you know overall this album you know is is good you know i i think um the the biggest takeaway from this album is all about you know having finding the optimism at the bottom of the barrel no matter how hard and rough life is you still find that optimism and then it's also about coming together and pushing forward for the greater good you know so i think that's like the main takeaway from this album and you know even though how heavily socially conscious this album is i do really like that he put a lot of romantic songs on it like pictures of you amen um thickest thieves room at the end of the world in a way and then some more self-reflective songs like The Fighter and Not Running Anymore. And so, you know, with those combinations, I think it made a great album. Yeah. Like I said, this was my first album that I had that I listened to as uh, being indoctrinated into the whole Bon Jovi fandom. And uh, so it just holds a special place in my heart. Is it yeah. is it their best album? No, it's not. But it's... You know, the way I describe Bon Jovi albums are like Marvel movies. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Some movies I like more than others. But no matter what, it's it's still it's still Bon Jovi. Like, even sure 2020, is. I wasn't such a big fan of. But if someone threw it on, I wouldn't be mad. I'd listen to it. Yeah. So that's kind of the yeah. way I see it. Like, they can't... They, they could put out an album singing uh singing um like children's nursery rhymes and i'd still listen to it yeah well one last thing i wanted to bring up too before we conclude is i liked how they did their heart and dagger i meant to bring that up at the beginning their heart and dagger logo you know with the dagger than the heart but they put in the uh what do you, what do you call those where you put them on your knuckles oh yeah brass knuckles oh shit i never uh, noticed that i never yeah. noticed that holy shit i'll tell you this so story I, too so sorry, finish, finish. No, go ahead, because we're gonna wrap up here in a minute. No, 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 you wanted to make a point. Finish it. That was my point. Oh, okay. So this is actually a really funny story. So uh back in the day, um when I used to smoke a lot, my friend and I were at a hookah lounge and we were we were smoking weed and hookah. We smoked before we got there and hookah just kinda helps uh, helps you relax a lot more. So I went to the right aid across the street to get um to get some munchies because that's usually what happens when you smoke and on the and you know how on like right aid like they have like clearance movies and cds yeah so i saw what about now there and i'm high out of my mind so 
I see the What About Now album and there's a clerk next to it. So I like pick up the album and I start talking about the artwork and just talking about the album. I was, it was probably in like the high, like in like the most top five highs I've ever been. Jeez. Well, <laughs> and, anyway, it was good to have you on. I appreciate you coming on and it was yeah, good, it's good to, to hear. talk about, I'm surprised we got through 16 tracks under an hour. Yeah. Uh, I, we made it work. A good chat. It's, it's always a good chat with you, buddy. Yeah. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye.